Welcome back, everybody, to our show, Pop Culture To Do, the podcast show where two BFFs exchange a to-do list of movies, TV shows to watch, uh, podcasts to listen to, books to read, music to listen to, although we haven't yet reached books or music, but we'll get there. The show is young. So with me, as always, is uh, is my brilliant co-host, The Greg Norton. Say hello. That's me. I'm that guy. He's telling me to say hello, so I'm saying hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. And he's he's reading a cue card. Uh, <laughs> and Do you say uh, that like I don't actually have cue cards on my desk, right? Can you imagine just like littered littered on your computer screen or everything that you have to say for the show? <laughs> I, I'd probably be better at this podcast if I did that. <laughs> oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> And I, of course, am Anthony, otherwise known as Anthony with Teeth. We have a nice, big, sexy show for you today. Starting the show off, we are going to be discussing the movie, The Suicide Squad, the one that obviously just came out. Uh, I saw it, was it on last week? And uh, you saw it, uh, I think it was, it was this week, earlier or mid this week, right? Yeah, it was on Friday. On Friday, there we go. Literally a week from when I saw it, so that's perfect. Uh, we're going to discuss that, and then we are also going to wrap up the show with the film Looper. Does it still hold up? Wait and find out. I also have a little surprise for you for the end of the episode. I'm devastated. Let's get the show started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Suicide Squad. The yeah. Suicide Squad. The, the, the Suicide the, Squad from the one and only James Gunn. Heck so, yeah. yeah. Um, you want to start it off? It's a lot of fun. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, no, this, I mean, I guess like, I, I, we, I guess, it, like, when I first, when we first watched the trailer, because I know that you and I covered the trailer uh, in one of our earlier episodes, we actually discuss, discussed it because we did a comparison mm -hmm. to the 2016, I think, the Bohemian one, the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. Yeah. And I love how this, tra like, the, the initial trailer of the Suicide Squad did not need a fucking musical second one to establish what the movie was going to be. I knew from the get-go, like, okay, this is going to be so much better, and it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah. J James Gunn, the way he makes films, now that he has, like, the budget to do so, because, you know, like, you look at his early stuff, like Slither and... Super. Well, Super, yes, thank you. Yeah. My, my brain just turned to mush there. But yeah, like, <laughs> those early movies are, are good, but they're you know, they're very small movies because, you know, you're early in your filmmaking career. You know, you're not yeah. going to get huge budgets. This isn't the 80s when people are just like, yeah, we'll throw tons of money at whatever film we want. Cocaine, woo! I was just going to say, we'll also <laughs> throw in some cocaine. Yeah. Yeah, so to see, like, what he can do now that he is a bigger budget filmmaker has been really interesting because he does have a very specific voice in terms mm -hmm. of his comedy and in terms of how he likes to portray characters. Cause he, with the guardians of the galaxy, you see this with the suicide squad, you see this, he really likes humanizing broken people. Yeah. 
and uh, he likes working with outcast like not outcasts uh like uh b or even c list comic heroes you know comic mm-hmm. characters and i think that's part of you know the fact that you know if he is using the smaller names you know if he is using your polka dot mans or your rat catchers you end up getting to sort of breathe your own life into them whereas yeah you know you can't do that with bigger names like we all know enough about the harley quinn character you know he can't just be okay and here's my reinvention of them for the story i want to tell you know she is who she is and you know he does a great job with her margot robbie of course kills that role she's fantastic i think she's the best in this movie um at portraying well i know i can't say i haven't seen birds of prey yet so i really Mm -hmm. don't but i mean obviously when you compare the 2016 one to this sort she does such a a a better job only because like i'm gonna go out and say like she did what she could with the role in the 2016 ones you know oh yeah she kills it in each one she does it's just the material she had to work with you know yeah the the there's more interesting stuff going on for every character in yeah in this film which is what i like is every character gets a thing gets a moment even minor characters who aren't there for long get a good joke get a good something it's true everyone um everyone gets like their time in the spotlight if you will um Mm -hmm. like there's even if if we're not if you don't get to spend a lot of time with a certain character like even like rat catcher 2 or or poke no okay polka dot man we were given like some small insight as to his condition and and you know his backstory and it's not a lot but it's enough it's it's like literally the perfect amount i think um you know like that thing with his mother and the fact that she experimented on him and they kind of use that joke you know like okay sorry guys we're going to be spoiling it there's going to be a lot of spoilers here yeah apparently we're not giving you our thoughts before we go into spoilers we're just going right into everything <laughs> yeah yep spoiler warning spoiler warning spoiler 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 uh yeah anthony cannot talk about a movie without spoiling the entire thing well i mean how the fuck am i gonna do that there's uh, there's ground to cover here um well we could have talked about lots of stuff before getting into the spoilers of everything but yeah it's true spoiler warning anyway so um i i just like the fact that uh oh my god i like the fact that this movie handled the backstories better than just shooting up fucking baseball cards of each character like the first movie did yeah 100 uh, percent. yeah and i like also because this is essentially like a soft reboot is is it actually well yeah because they, they don't really spend much time trying to connect it to the other one that's true yeah but they still kind of assume that you've seen it because that opening scene where they explain you know the whole thing i was just gonna say yeah it was very much like okay so this you know blah 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 but we're not going to really explain it that much because you know it's the suicide squad you, we, we get it we get it yeah this isn't the first one it's just the good one exactly but it's funny because they they like this movie like when it gets started it it just it throws you in and we we're like on the ride there are like some lower points but it's never like I never considered it to be boring. It's just no, no, like no. small breathing periods, you know. 
which you need in these kind of movies. You do, considering this is like two and it's like two and a half almost hours, I think. Something like that, yeah. And and to say, like, it's a long movie, but it breezes by. Mm-hmm. Its pacing is so cool, too, because yeah. it doesn't exactly feel like a movie's pacing. It doesn't. It feels a little off. And especially with the, like, title cards that pops up here and there for, like, I the little those. sections. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, when you see those title cards and, like, the way that it's paced, it feels more like when you buy, like, a collected edition of a bunch of comics. It's like, okay, oh. here's one run of comics. And then as you're reading it, like every issue has its own cover and everything. Yeah. Like when you buy it like, felt like yeah, yeah, the 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 volumes where it's like, okay, here's a run. It feels like that, because it's like, okay, each little section is its own issue within this story arc. I love that. And yeah. I love how creative they were with it too. Like in like not using title cards, they actually put it in the scenery. Mm-hmm. You know, I like they they used one as a really good joke where, you know, it's big flames and it's uh, Operation uh, Jotunheim. And then Rick Fly's like, but first, and then they blow out Jotunheim and the smoke says Harley. Yeah, I love that. that. Yeah. And I, I like that, like in this film, you actually feel that sense of family, mm-hmm. like amongst the characters. Because they've been together, like, I think it's like, it, you could tell, like, it's been like a couple of days, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell that several of them, especially Rick Flagg, have relationships already. Like, they took Rick Flagg, mm-hmm. one of the most boring characters from the first film, who's just there to hold a gun and make sure that they don't run off. And then you see him in this new one, and it... It's like, all right, I'm here with my coworkers. There are a bunch of murderers that I got to keep in line. But there's that rapport. You know, that first shot we see of him in this movie, it's the camera pointing directly at him and he reaches out a hand to shake. And it feels like he's reaching towards us. It is. It's it's communicating that he is much more amicable in this. I Yeah, I loved... Because in the first movie, I feel like he was just a voice box for for comp, uh, composition, for exposition. You know, yep. like, this is Katana. She blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. And then Katana's just standing there. Are you done? Awesome. You know? But, like, in here, like, I feel like there's actual character and dimension to him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like I, he also, he's also really great at, like, comedic timing. Like, when TDK is doing his thing and Harley Quinn, <laughs> Harley Quinn's like, what the fuck is this? And then all you see is Rick Flagg's like, I didn't pick the damn team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. The the TDK stuff was really funny. Yeah. And I like that the TDK, but it's the detachable kid. Yeah. Which is still, it is a funny, it is a less stupid, like it's funny and it's stupid, but the name is less stupid than the actual comic book character who is Arms Fall Off Boy. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Really? That's his fucking name in the comic? Yeah arms fall off boy yo silver age comics are wild uh, uh oh my god okay because we're, we're talking about spoilers how did you feel about the uh beach massacre i mean you know what's gonna happen like yeah the the team is a whole bunch of minor characters like none of the you know there's you don't have your idris elba you don't have your 
you know, Peacemaker, John Cena. Like you have Harley and you have Rick Flag and you have Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang, I'm surprised he got killed because he was a fan favorite in the first one. But like, oh, really? oh yeah, people are like, wow, this movie sucked. But Jai Courtney's really good as Captain Boomerang. He was, he was. And I was going to say, like, it was really surprising to me when when he he bites it pretty quickly, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so bad. Oh, man. Yeah. And oh, and of course, Pete Davidson, like, because mm-hmm. it wasn't like these were uh, like cast by like no name actors. Like these are pretty, they're pretty big names. You know, we have Nathan yeah. Fillion, Pete Davidson, uh, Jai Courtney. Um, I forget who else. Oh, even like Michael Rooker. Yeah, you know? Michael Rooker and Nathan Fillion have been in every film James Gunn has made. They are his guys. Go to people. Yeah, they they've been in every that, film he's made. I know that Michael Rooker, Michael Rooker for sure. Mm-hmm. Nathan Wait, Fillion what, as well. What? Who's Nathan Phil? Who is he in the Guardians movies? Uh, in the first one, he's a CGI character's voice in one scene. Yeah. And in the second one, there is a, he is on a poster in the background of a wide shot. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, yeah. And it's fun. I, I love that, like, James Gunn has, like, his go-to people. Mm-hmm. Like, especially Michael Rooker. He's been in everything that James yeah. Gunn has made. Um, and, like, even, like, his brother, Sean Gunn is in the movie and he's in most of his stuff as well it's true um and again just like in guardians in guardians he has his character craglin but he also does he's the on set body for rocket yeah and in this one he has a cameo as a character in the prison for one scene but he's also The the motion capture for weasel yeah yeah he plays a guy named calendar man and then he also does yeah. weasel uh and it's funny because the guy who plays king shark is actually one of the desk people for amanda waller yeah steve agee steve agee yeah yeah oh man yeah, that's a weird thing that that james gunn likes to do where he's just like hey you're gonna play this cgi character and you're not gonna voice them but i'm also gonna make you a character in the movie but i love that mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the ever-loving shit out of this movie. And I like the fact that James Gunn like, was like totally okay with taking these risks at like killing off people, especially mm-hmm. like, like Boomerang or Pete Davidson like, yeah. within the first 15 minutes of the film. And it makes you mm-hmm. feel like the, the core team that we actually end up following, it's, it makes you feel like I don't feel like all of these people are going to make it out to the end. Exactly. And they don't. And, and one thing that the this film does so well is, and again, like, to, to compare to the original, the original, you know, has those title card things for every character, except for the character Slipknot, who dies right away. Yeah. Uh, okay, but what I didn't understand about that, back for the 2016 movie, is that mm-hmm. Slipknot was all over the promotional... Uh, like uh, material, like the, the the posters. There were toys, mm-hmm. and and what is he? He literally only serves the purpose of showing that there are stakes. Yes, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in their filmmaking, they should have 
given him the big to-do that the other characters had so yeah. that way you can't see it coming like That's you watch it. 20 minutes of terrible music video montages for every character Ugh. back to back to back and then there's just like a wide shot of slipknot walking onto screen and just like yeah he can climb <laughs> and and then he and then he dies they they, die. they blow his head off and I, oh my god that that movie's such a mess I, look i i it's funny though because like before recording i did ask you like are we gonna spend like are we gonna actively like do a uh like a play-by-play like comparison between the two because and and we kind of we didn't like set this up or anything it's just it's kind of inevitable because Mm -hmm. we this is our second suicide squad film like we had one a couple of years ago and it was not great so it's kind of almost inevitable that it's gonna happen where we kind of compare the two sorry david ayer but it's i know that the the studio got involved and like changed shit yeah you know yeah oh ooh, ooh. can i mention one of my favorite jokes in the whole damn movie it's in the beginning they because will smith is in the first one and he's like an expert marksman who can shoot anything mm-hmm. never misses yeah and in this movie, they have Idris Elba, who is a perfect marksman who never misses. And he was originally going to play Will Smith's character. Was he? Deadshot? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. They were going to they were gonna just recast, but then like, oh, but if Will Smith ever wants to come back, we will make it a different character. So they find another, you know, they it's comic books. There's tons of characters who are kind of just the same as each other. So they they put in Idris Elba's character, who even has the same basic backstory of, oh, I have a daughter on the outside. Yeah, yeah. And they set him up, and it's like, oh, his his father trained him since birth to be a an assassin, blah, 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 blah. And then Amanda Waller goes, and we've picked your team on a with a bunch of people who are picked specifically for their unique abilities. And then the first character they introduce is Peacemaker, who has the exact same backstory of uh, raised to be a perfect marksman by his father and never misses. And and he literally says, like, he does the same thing I do. Yeah. And then it created that that great dynamic between them where they're in competition with each other. It was it was a great in-joke to the making of the film as well. Yeah. But also just like it sets up their character dynamic and it's just smart little layering like that. I really do appreciate. I love that. Um, I also really love the, uh, like the kill competition that the two of them have on that like small base with the freedom fighters. Yeah. That was so yeah, bad. That was funny. Just them like giving each other looks as they're just killing. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, everyone they killed innocent people yep nice not 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 just innocent people they would have been allies that's it yeah they were gonna be on the same team yeah they 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 murdered their potential backup exactly exactly and i do want to say something because look i have i I think john cena is like super fun like in comedies and stuff i think i've only Mm -hmm. ever seen him in comedies uh and he has like he's got great timing he's a super fun person to watch but I gotta say, like, he was, like, really fucking good in this movie. Like, he was, like, oh, yeah. really great. You know? 
there's a scene where okay again spoiler alert where he has to kill rick flag and we see like it's not just oh i'm gonna kill you period we could see that there's an internal conflict about what he has to do like about mm -hmm. what he believes in and what he really doesn't want to do you know yeah that's really good too because like the whole thing with peacemaker in this at least i don't know how he is in the comics is same same you know, is he's a douchebag who thinks what he's doing is for the greater good for america you know john cena was told to play douchebag captain america exactly yeah and like that's what he is but like there's that moment of hesitation before he does it anyways but like there's that hesitation because he's getting his own miniseries on hbo max yeah which is apparently gonna ping pong between prequel and uh yeah continuation yeah it'll it'll pick up where they left off with him but they're also planning on explaining his origin yeah and I, I know that james gunn's also behind that one um, oh yeah uh while he was in quarantine he just wrote the whole thing oh yeah oh yeah yeah i forgot about that yeah because the suicide squad was like in development from like way before the quarantine right yeah yeah they i think they shot it before the quarantine too they did yeah okay uh well i i'm i'm really excited for the peacemaker show just because i know that John Cena is returning and James mm -hmm. Gunn will also be coming back to do to write well he wrote it and but I think he's also going to be coming back to do some directing I think he's directing six episodes or something is it a miniseries I don't know I heard both I'm saying miniseries because like I think they wrote it self-contained but okay let's be honest if enough money gets thrown at them they'll make more they'll continue yeah which is fine you know mm -hmm as long as it's good that's it just make yeah. it good and then i'll keep watching i don't give a shit that's the thing like i and i know you agree with me have that general superhero content fatigue yeah when it comes to you know the fact that they're all our blockbusters now yeah. but then like as long as things are good and have like interesting voices to them and are doing unique things i'm gonna keep watching but that's just i it. watched suicide squad because it seemed so unique to james gunn but that's just that's I like what made it what made Suicide Squad so awesome was the fact that it was nothing but wall-to-wall risk-taking because it's mm -hmm. it's not a typical like it's not a like a, a front-to-back typical superhero comic book story there are typical elements thrown in but it's a really like it's quite off the wall you know what I mean yep. mm -hmm. They really let James Gunn just off the leash. And I love that. That's what they should have done with the first one. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. They should have. Just, and that's the problem that I have with a lot of what DC has done is they go, okay, we're going to get uh, unique voiced directors and get them to do what they do. Yeah. And then mess with it, you know, say what you will about Zack Snyder. You know, Man of Steel is a Zack Snyder movie. Batman vs. Superman is definitely a Zack Snyder movie. And then they're just like, mm, well, we want it to be as successful as other stuff, so we're going to change his next one. Yeah. Ooh, David Ayer, he made a, a gritty movie, but when we put out the trailers, people were like, oh, it's, it's like Guardians for DC, so let's re-edit it to that. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that dc's game at least from what i've seen dc's game has been uh 
hey, what's Marvel doing? Mm-hmm. You know, Marvel's making funny stuff. Let's force comedy into our thing. You know, granted, uh, like we just finished saying, the Suicide Squad did it very well. But the first Suicide Squad, you could tell that all those jokes were like shoehorned in at the last minute and they did not land. No. If most of your jokes have to be added in post, yeah, you're not making a funny movie. No, you're making a movie with jokes in. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, James Gunn. Like everything in this movie, though, was really good, and it you know it oh, helps yeah. that he's he made a movie that is to my taste. This is my taste in movie. I like when big budget movies get weird. But like, like, he just handled so many things so well. Like that scene where they go to a bar and they have some drinks and they get to unwind a bit before the next stage. Yeah, it's it's fun. It doesn't last too long, and it's got some really cool shots in it. Like the whole movie has just some great cinematography. Probably the best cinematography in James Gunn's career. Yeah, uh, I really like the cinematography for Slither. Um, but notably, like we were f- first mentioning, like he obviously had more money with this film, right? So, more money, and he's grown as a filmmaker, you know? Exactly. Slither was... One of his early, early, early... Uh, oh, work. yeah. It was, it was his first film as a director, but like that was like early 2000s? Yeah. I, I'm early a massive, to mid-2000s? I'm a massive fan of that film, by mm. the way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think like... I, I love the cinematography in this film. Like, it was so colorful. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, like, too saturated or, or I don't know. It just, it really, like, leapt off the screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, again, to compare it to the 2016 film. I'm sorry. But, like, the, the 2016 one was a very muted film, which is... You know how David Ayer makes his films, which is fine. But then those crazy color pop things really sort of forced this overly saturated thing right in your face. Oh wait, are we talking about the like glitchy edits? The glitchy edits, the uh, big logo things were very bright, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Hated all. Whereas of it. like, whereas it, in this film, it's like okay, no, all the color is there on purpose. Like it's all it part is, of the story. Yeah, it's not we added layers of color in in post. It's Oh, we actually filmed characters wearing colors. You know, Rick Flagg is wearing a bright yellow t-shirt for most of the movie. Yeah. What, okay, I loved his shirt, by the way. I love how that's... Like, I feel like Rick Flagg in the first one has, like, he's, like I said, he's, like, I felt like he had no personality. He's just Not a at all. person. But I felt like all the way down to the wardrobe in this film, there's so much more happening. I love that he's wearing a yep. fucking goofy yellow shirt that says obstacles or opportunities. I love that <laughs> shit. I think yeah. it's amazing. You know? Yeah, and it's just that attention to detail that is just so great, you know. And like even like in the beginning, like the character Javelin is wearing a yellow and blue costume. Yeah. No one would have worn bright colors like like that in 95% of the movies DC has made in their in their universe like no one would have worn a costume like that no before like shazam came out but whereas mm-hmm. like this it's like no no we're, we're gonna throw them in i love it and peacemaker with the bright red 
and the silver like thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know he's a douchebag, but I think he was one of my favorite characters because I I love that internal conflict that mm-hmm. that we see him like have to fight in like the mid to like latter half of the film. Yeah. I I I don't know. I I really love characters like that that they're so strongly set in their beliefs, but there's an internal conflict that they're kind of struggling with. I don't know. I, I felt he was, uh, he was one of my favorite for sure, but, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Wasn't going to be John Cena originally either. Who is it going to be? <laughs> uh, it was originally going to be Dave Batista. Oh yeah. But he was busy with Dune. He was busy with something probably Dune. Yeah. Or, but, or no, yeah. army of the dead something yeah i don't know they wanted to work together again because they really like working on guardians together but there was scheduling conflicts so they got john cena and he clearly loves working with john cena because he wrote him an entire series but john cena seems like a fun guy to work with because i i feel like as as like dripping with machismo as he might be it really Mm -hmm. feels like this guy's down to do anything oh yeah all the, all the press stuff and the premiere for the Suicide Squad, he did it all in the Peacemaker th- he did. outfit. He did. Like, I, I remember. He was. He even did this thing like for Wired with Pete Davidson, who was not in costume, but John Cena was. Yeah, no, he, he does not take himself seriously, or at least he doesn't portray himself that way yeah. as someone who takes himself seriously. And that's what I appreciate about him is he's just like, yeah, no, let's, let's just fucking do this. Uh, yeah, it's either that or he just really loves being the character or like dressing up, which, you know, fine either way. I'm <laughs> I'm happy either way. Yeah, oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, what a blast. I, I seriously want to see it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I'm, really good. Oh, that, that shot where it's like raining super heavy and then they all just sort of walk into view. Like yeah. that's that's cinematic. That's real and movie Milton. stuff. Milton, don't yeah. forget Milton. Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know what? There was a really like, it, like to uh, to literally branch off of what you just said because, like, there's this really beautiful shot as they're walking closer into frame, and we see Harley looking at Rick, and then we see Rick looking at Harley, mm-hmm. and and they're smiling at each other, and it's just like. This is like, this is what Suicide Squad should have been the first time. That, like, look, we have to work together, so why not just, like, we're a family, you know? This is going to be us for the next Mm -hmm. few days. And then they end up kind of having this mutual respect for one another, you know? Uh, James Gunn, man, he knows how to do this shit right. 100%. God damn. Yeah. You know, superhero movies, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's true. But like, it, but here's the thing. Like, and I don't like, I, I hate shitting on anything, like, like what people like or do whatever. But like, I feel like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, everyone's been kind of, it, it feels like all the movies have been really like paint by numbers. So obviously that's what's kind of gotten me detached. It's the moments, mm-hmm. like you said, when they get when when there is a completely new take on a story or 
you know, like for, for me, like The Boys, uh, Invincible, uh, well, Watchmen, I've always been a fan. Uh, um, and, and, and The Suicide Squad, like I love these new takes or, or these uh, new ideas, you know, these new spins on superheroes. Like they don't have to be by the numbers. They, they, they should kind of come with their own narrative or, or own mm -hmm. style, you know? Hundred percent, and you know, looking at the the Marvel movies, you know, it's stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy that are the movies I get excited for because they do feel unique into themselves. You know, I was yeah. really excited for those. I really enjoyed Black Panther as much as it does do that Marvel thing where the climax is a character fighting a, another character that is essentially them but slightly different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like the aesthetic and the whole like what is essentially like modern feudalism, like I enjoyed that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Taika Waititi's take on Thor is the only good Thor movie. It's the only fun one. It's the only good one. Yeah, I I, I, I couldn't give a shit about the other ones to be honest. Um Okay, I have a question because I've been and look, we're going to detract a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Look, The Suicide Squad's fucking amazing. Please go watch it. Um, but I am going to ask you, because I have been on a little bit of a rabbit hole with Watchmen. And I, mm -hmm. and I was, and I don't know how fresh it is for you. But does that movie still hold up for you? Like, how do you feel about the movie now? Watchmen? Because, yeah, wait, have you read the book? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, good. Okay. Yeah, it. I think the movie holds up. It has all of the problems that Zack Snyder movies have. Yeah. But it's it's still a good movie. Kind of tells a bunch of things in the comic wrong. Like, a lot of the point of things that they are trying to say in the comic, the opposite is made in the film. Yeah, that's... but I still think it's a fun movie. Yeah, it not like like good movie, but maybe not great adaptation. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. a way to put it. Yeah, because I feel very conflict because I'm a super fan of the book, uh, the comic. Mm -hmm. I'm like a mega mega fan. It's one of my all. -time. Who isn't? I yeah yeah. Like that's the thing. Like when you talk about superhero comic media and like the big names in gra graphic novels and comics it's one of those ones that comes up almost to the point of just like okay but have you read anything else because a lot of especially adult readers they gravitate to stuff like Watchmen because it is a more mature take on comic books yeah. and superheroes and the same reason why people gravitate so much towards uh, stuff like Batman Year One or The Dark Knight Returns because they are these grittier, serious takes on the genre. Mm -hmm. Because they are just so good. Yeah, yeah, I know they're, yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't, like, I haven't heard of Year One uh, or the, I haven't read The Dark Knight Returns, um, mm -hmm. but I, I've read uh, Killing Joke, which I love. Um, I've also watched the movie. I'm not really, I don't like the movie. The movie, no. Uh, they they took, 
uh, a graphic novel that is good, but a little outdated, I find. And they were just like, okay, we have to extend it to a movie length. So add, let's add a bunch of stuff that seems like it's going to flesh out our female character before we shoot her mm -hmm. and paralyze her. But it's going to lessen her character. It's going to lessen her character and just really feel wrong. Yeah, it was it's unnecessary, you know. It's, it's I, I also feel because the book, like uh, for anyone who's read The Killing Joke, like it's not a long book. It's it's pretty short. No. Um, so they probably like they're probably thinking like, look, if we're gonna adapt, you know, make an adaptation, we should probably add some length. But it wouldn't have been a bad idea to just maybe make a short film. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's one of the most iconic comics. It's the most iconic Joker story, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You want to be able to profit off of that as much as possible, and you can't put a short film in theaters. No, you can't. Uh, but there's actually um, there's actually another book uh, just called like I guess Joker or the Joker that I mm -hmm. I used to confuse the two because the covers. I, no, they're not similar, but they're, I don't know. But have you have you read that book, The Joker or Joker? I don't know what it is. I want to I wanna check it out, though, because, uh, you know. Ooh. You, want me to, you want me to use some trivia to tie this back into our Suicide Squad conversation? Absolutely. <laughs> so, Watchmen, bunch of original characters, but... They're original characters because DC had just bought Charleston Comics and Alan Moore wanted to use a bunch of characters from the old Charleston Comics for Watchmen. And they're like, no, we're going to use them in DC proper comics. Make up your own characters. Yeah. So all of the Watchmen characters are based on now DC formerly Charleston comic characters, mm -hmm. including Peacemaker was one of the characters he was going to use. Yeah, and he based the comedian off of Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Tying it all back together. None of this was a stupid, pointless tangent. Ha! I remember reading that. Yeah. Peacemaker, so Peacemaker's part of that Charleston, uh, the Charleston Originals? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Because I had never heard of Peacemaker until the movie. Yeah. Same. I do wonder though, is he actually the same kind of person? Like killing for peace or whatever? I don't know. Let's give it the old Google. Because I mean, if Alan Moore based the comedian off of um, Peacemaker, has to be kind of. At least somewhat, yeah. yeah. And of course, there's like a million Peacemakers. <laughs> Every comic book character is like five characters. <laughs> Which like different iterations? Yeah. Yeah. Which they actually make a point of doing in in the Suicide Squad where they very specifically have Ratcatcher 2. Yeah. The, the daughter of Ratcatcher. Yeah. Right? Because every character, especially villains, but so many characters have had different people be them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm not looking this up. Nah. This is this is more reading than I thought it'd be, and uh, this is a podcast. People don't want to listen to me read. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to listen to you read silently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, uh, Suicide Squad's super fucking fun. Uh, I had a blast with it. It was the first movie that my fiance and I saw in theaters since, God, for like, since like March 2020 when COVID started. Mm-hmm. So, you know, needless to say, it was weird at first, but it was fun. It was nice, you know, and uh, it was loud. It was very loud. <laughs> it was like, very loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. fun. So do you have any more on this or should I transition us to the next thing we wanted to talk about? No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. We uh, get on Looper. Yeah. Transition. As I mentioned last week, we're going to be talking about Looper, a film that we both saw in theaters. We saw it in theaters together. We did. Back in 2012. Yeah. And, you know, we loved it. A little obsessed with it, let's be honest. Uh, Our group of friends, uh, we would threaten to close each other's loops as a joke all the time. If, uh, If someone cut cut us off while we were walking somewhere we'd be like gotta close their loop yeah <laughs> filmmaker makes a bad movie uh, we gotta close their loop <laughs> we, we would do that all the time but we hadn't seen it in a while i know i hadn't no i haven't either so we rewatched it to see if it is as good as we remembered it anthony did you enjoy this movie uh yeah i did <laughs> I did. Uh, for me, nothing, nothing got devalued or or uh, or or went down in quality. To me personally, like it's it's still a great fucking movie. Just like the day I saw it with you guys in theaters. Mm-hmm. You? Oh, I had a great time. It's yeah. It's it's a great movie. Yeah. Like if anything, I enjoyed it more than the first time because it had been a while and I was just like really appreciative of all like these little choices that they made that like I noticed other times I've seen it but like I really appreciated this time like most of the cars in the movie are cars from current times but with solar panels strapped to them yeah it's it's a very unique take on Mm -hmm. the future it's not like super glitzy like you'd see in I don't know another movie but like i love yeah. how like you know they have like those bikes and they would mm-hmm. the fucking shit would break down it's like it's like yeah this is the future but it's not great <laughs> yeah like and like they, they drive through like a an area that's like mostly people living on the streets and like you see a young person stealing from someone and that person stealing just gets shot in the back oh yeah like they were very good in that film at just communicating things so you understand the tone of the world right away you know fossil fuels are more or less uh used up and scarce because everyone had to strap solar panels to their car you know only people who really make money are driving cars that aren't shit boxes yeah you know like all these like little choices that are just you know easy ways of communicating things Oh, most money is in gold bars and silver bars, and then you cash it out. That 
it's all these little choices that are just helping you get into the world of this future. Yeah, it's true. And I also like the way they kind of established like ranking. And this is only like with shown with the guns because they mm-hmm. give blunderbusses to like, I guess the lower, like the loop, like the lower loopers, I guess you will. Yeah. Um, and they give Kid Blue uh, like a gap, which is more focused mm-hmm. on his aim, you know? And uh, yeah, who knew that Jeff Daniels as a, like a leader of like hitmen it could be so fucking terrifying Mm -hmm. so terrifying but also like i love the choices they made with his character as well yeah because like he doesn't really give that big a shit at the beginning either like he's very laid back he's very just like oh yeah come on in you know i'm just doing this to pass the time yeah but you it's like it it says it explains a lot without like over exposition dumps mm-hmm. and it and it it kind of like explains the seriousness of letting your loop run which is essentially the premise of the story right yeah and it, i i feel like it does a really great job at like showing how serious it is because that's the point when abe played by jeff daniels starts to give a shit Mm-hmm. right exactly and just just the world building so fun i love little things like oh yeah some people developed telekinesis yeah and it fucking sucks well yeah you could fucking spin a quarter sick yeah but then <laughs> but then that leads to the setup for the climax right. where you find out like oh someone actually did develop superpowers <laughs> yeah okay the- there are yeah okay hold on uh, I should have probably uh, prepared because I I remember always like despite loving this movie I did have questions like not like this doesn't make sense but more like like okay so basically the rainmaker which is this kid who there's a, like a, there's a little boy in the film who has super advanced TK and he fucks shit up when he gets pissed. Um, so basically, Bruce Willis's character saying like, "Oh yeah, there's a rain. There's like a uh, no. It's not even Bruce Willis. It's it's Paul Dano's character that's saying there's a rainmaker who's mm-hmm. closing all the loops. Is that like the rainmaker when he gets older and all that shit happened to him? Yeah. And he's closing all the loops because a looper killed his mom. Yeah." brilliant storytelling yeah and they don't over explain that either they don't say like oh he's closing loops because a looper killed his mom it's just happening yeah and it's really funny how like like we have the rainmaker killing off all the loopers and then you have a ex-looper killing off all these kids who could potentially be the rainmaker mm-hmm it's it's a very dour movie <laughs> there oh, is yeah. hope there's it there is hope it's not a over overly bleak film but mm-hmm. you know but that's what i like about it is it's got fun things to it it's it's got a serious tone but it doesn't feel dour you know no no it's not a crap sack vibe no Despite having moments of like bleakness, it's it's like I said, there is like a light at the end, you know, mm-hmm. and um, 
Oh, second thing. I was gonna say, okay, because uh, I had been like uh, watching or listening to a lot of reviews for Looper, both in the past and like somewhat recently for our show. And like, there's a surprising amount of people who dislike the movie. Like, like I was very surprised because like, it's a great film. And a lot of people had issues with Joe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt with like his, the, like the makeup he had to wear. Well, it is very jarring if you're used to his face. I mean, for me, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either. I actually, cause the eyes are the main thing. Like it's very, different you know like the eyes are very like i guess that's what could be jarring to people yeah but like watching it this time i i noticed just the work they did on his lips they yeah, gave him that make... yeah that narrow upper lip and that bigger lower that like wider lower lip that bruce willis has and i i hadn't really noticed the lips before because the eyes do sort of catch it yeah. catch your attention the most I, I think it's it was fantastic work considering like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis essentially have to be the same person mm-hmm. and how the fuck are you going to make them look alike? They don't. You have to you have to use makeup. Yeah. And uh, shout out to that makeup artist because he also he's done a ton of stuff, but he also did like work on Mindhunter. So oh, nice. and he and he did fantastic work on Mindhunter. He made mm-hmm. he made because uh, well, it's crazy because he made this guy I forget his name. It's like Oliver Cooper or some shit. He was on Project X, um, but he made that guy look like um, David Berkowitz or the son of Sam. Mm-hmm. And it's like crazy because you look at the character, David Berkowitz, like in the character in the show, and I do not see the actor anywhere in the makeup. It's it, it's it's completely like unrecognizable. You know, like sometimes yeah, no, you'll yeah, see the, sure. you know, and I was like, holy shit, like this makeup artist is, is ridiculous. He won an Oscar for Bombshell, and rightfully so, because mm-hmm. his work is he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, oh, yeah. Great, great stuff. Yeah. But uh, back to the movie, though. Um, it, fun fact. I remember this. I was, I remember, like, kind of, it was you who, like, introduced me to this film because, I don't know, we were seeing another movie, and you were like, yo, have you heard about Looper? And I remember seeing a poster of it somewhere on the way to whatever movie we were watching. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, I keep seeing it, but, like, what is it? You explain it to me, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt had to wear, like, makeup because he had to look like Bruce Willis, <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, yeah, that's why he looked a bit weird in the poster because I knew it was him, but I was like, it really mm-hmm. doesn't look like him. No. And then I remember, like, the days leading up to when we all went to go see it in theaters, I was, like, getting more and more excited. To the point where I was like, shit, I cannot wait to see this in theaters. It was kind of like I went in blind because I hadn't seen any trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't seen any trailers leading up to it because I just loved, I was like, whatever, you know, the W is really excited. You're really excited. It's probably it's, I don't need to watch a trailer. I'm just going to go in blind, you know? Yeah. Mm. And like, like that was one of those things where like I really wanted to see it. And I didn't really know anyone who wanted to see it and was excited for it. So I just made you be excited too. I was like, I'm going to get you hype. So that way I don't have to see this movie alone. Yeah. And I, it was a blast. It was a blast. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, uh, it was great. It was, it's, it's still a great movie. It's still a great fucking movie. I would like to Bruce see- Willis's last great performance. Yes, I will. I will completely agree to that. It was the last movie where you can 
you can see like this guy's not just like sleepwalking through this fucking mm. movie. He actually, you could tell like this is a story he probably actually gave a shit about. You know. Last time he, before he realized, oh, I can just take big paychecks to show up for one day's work. Bullshit. For for movies that are such generic action flicks, and they're like the titles like the the standoff, the last stand. You know, oh fuck off with your stupid fucking movies. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. But um, I, I loved uh, I loved the the world of Looper. I love their take. I love Brian Johnson's take on the future, and I love the story. Like this whole like mm-hmm. underground is so like of time traveling hitman. I think it's well not time. They don't they don't try. They kind of time travel. Well, they don't their, time travel, but they're hitmen that use time travel. Yeah, but if you think That's about what it, makes it interesting, yeah. they eventually have to time travel to die. Wait a second. Okay, hold on. This <laughs> is the part. This is the question. Okay, hold on. I have to get comfortable for this because it's a big question. Okay. And I know it's a question that I've asked you before, but it's still kind of like, can you please help me like clarify this? Okay, so. For anyone who's unfamiliar with the film, these loopers are hitmen who have to kill targets that are sent back to the past to them, right? But because time travel in this world is so completely outlawed, in order to cut ties to ever having been involved with time travel, they then end up having to kill their own hitmen, which are the loopers. They're called loopers because they're in the future sent back to them and they kill each other and they get a golden payday. Now, this is my question. So basically, you know what? Never mind. I think I just answered it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, because I was just gonna say, like, I don't understand. Like, so basically, they, they, they shoot their future self, and then they live out their life until. They live out their entire life until they get killed by their younger self. Yes. But then the younger self is still there. Okay. Thank you. Okay, this is he's gonna explain it now. Let's see how much of this makes it into the final episode. <laughs> <laughs> Half of our friendship is me explaining time travel to you. Well, because you're a big sci-fi guy. <laughs> this is your life. This arrow, like, this is your life. Oh, this okay. Is... Yeah. Okay. This right here is your death. This X is your death. Got it. So that's the end of your life. Yeah. But... If you can sort of go over, if it happens, this right here is when you kill your future self. Mm-hmm. So you you live it all. It's just because time travel is possible, some things can be at the same time. There we see. 
Uh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm folding this paper to put the circle on the X. I get you. Okay, I think I understand now. That was always a big question for me. Like, despite like loving this film, that was always like a, but I understand because the younger self is still there. So wouldn't that in itself be a loop like them just killing each other because the younger person- That's why they're called loopers. So they just, it, it, that that's the point. They just end up killing themselves and it's a cycle yeah. of them killing themselves. Yeah. Which is why when you don't kill your loop, it's letting your loop run. so interesting and it's closing the loop because this has to happen to create the loop shut up so wait okay so that's literally the point of this <laughs> wait so that's literally the point like it that that's what i'm not just like that's actually what it is like it, joseph gordon levitt joe's character is meant to literally just kill himself for the rest of the mm-hmm Wow. That's why they're called loopers. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, that was good. I, lo I, I love a good time travel movie. Right. It, it's, yo, they're. Sometimes they're very confusing and complex, but that does not lessen the uh, experience of having fun with them and trying to just figure them out. That's half the fun anyway. Exactly. And I'm going to say it for any, for any of you uh, shitty people who like to pretend that they're smart for, by understanding movies. You can like a movie without understanding it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you could. I mean, there's so many movies that I own that I don't 100% understand, and I still love the journey. Mm -hmm. Who gives a fuck? You know? If you don't understand it right away, that gives more fun to trying to figure it out later on. Piecing it yeah. together, you know? Yeah. Because you have to understand it all by first watch, you know? No, exactly. And I think that's why people who in their early getting into films are so attracted to Christopher Nolan films mm -hmm. because he makes very heady films and very, you know, concept driven films, but he makes them in a way that you understand them the first way through. Yeah. Like you don't watch inception and go, well, I didn't understand any of that. You know, so you watch it and you go, Oh, that was really cool. I might not have understood every single thing, but he makes a film that you can keep up with. And I think yeah. that's why when people start diving into cinema beyond just the, the blockbusters and the popcorn flicks and the rom-coms, why so many people get into him is because it's like easy to understand smart movies. Yeah. That's just it. Like, um, despite not fully understanding the story as a whole you can you, you can you can at least keep up with the the bits of the journey and you can be like i don't fully get this but i i'm 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 caught up uh, you know mm -hmm. like i i know where we're, we are in the plot you know yeah yeah um yeah so looper great fucking movie still all these years later that came out in 2012 i think 
Yes. Yeah, 2012. 2012, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, still a great movie all these years later. Well, you know, almost 10, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyone who hasn't seen it, despite the fact that we might have spoiled a little bit here and there, we actually spoiled more of Suicide Squad than we did of Looper. But uh, go watch Looper. It's, it's, it's a great fucking movie. Great we did movie. mention that a bunch of kids get murdered in Looper, though. That's a pretty big thing. Yeah, but, like, the kids are not really <laughs> important, so. <laughs> you know, the plot of the movie isn't really important. Who <laughs> <laughs> really gives a shit? <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you, do you watch or consume any other content this week? Yeah, I uh, I watched a, a movie. I, I finished because um, we started. My fiance and I started this movie on Shutter called The Boy Behind the Door last week, and then we ended up mm-hmm. finishing it this week. That's a great fucking movie. Uh, it's really like it's um, like super indie. Uh, there's no one known in it, but it's a great movie. Um, and then we watched this. We 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 after that because it's a very slightly harrowing journey we decided to kind of soften the blow with kind of like a shitty b-movie 80s uh, mm-hmm. horror film and and we kind of picked one at random like expecting just a dumb dumb stupid time ended up being a pretty good movie too <laughs> oh yeah what was it, it it's it, it's it's a movie called dolls from 1983 or four maybe mm-hmm um again no one known in it and it and it's it's the typical like yeah this movie's gonna suck but no you know what it's kind of a great time and it's like the characters like there's some really good characters the the horror like because because it's dolls like there's some uncanny bits in there where it's kind of like shit that's actually kind of really unsettling and there's like really nice uses of stop motion too so i'm like oh, nice oh. yeah and it's like this movie's really not that bad, like at all, you know. It kind of came out like came out on the other side, like shit, you know. Like that was a great time. <laughs> Both on Shutter, by the way. What about you? Uh, my partner and I—I've mentioned this before. Uh, we'll sometimes listen to podcasts together, and we've been listening to uh, the Bright Sessions, which I've mentioned on the show before. Mm-hmm. And it's just. We were listening to an episode the other day at work, and it was really good. Because, yeah, like, yeah. an episode ends with a character just, like, beating the shit out of someone. Okay. And the entire next episode is just all the other characters, including the character who did it, unpacking how they feel about it. About the, the shit kicking? Yeah. And it's wow. something you don't see in media at all, which is... People dealing with how they feel about violence. We see media all the time that is action or that is violence. Because, like, he pummels this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point where, like, one of the things they're trying to figure out is, well, do we bring him to the hospital because he might have brain damage? Because like. he, he beats the shit out of him. And it's, but like there are all these great scenes where where characters sit together and they just talk about how it's making them feel Hmm. and how, you know, the guy who did this, who's like a 17 year old football player is just like, 
I can't believe I just did this to a person. Yeah. And it uh. it was a brilliant episode. It was so good. It was so good. Fuck. Oh man. Oh, um, that sounds amazing. Uh, I, I forgot to say. I, fuck. I can't. I can't believe it. Just last night, I watched The Green Knight. Oh yeah. Is it yeah. Good? Yeah. It's really good. Um, I'm not sure if Gotta. May May liked it. <laughs> uh, uh, poor girl. She was very very tired though. So and, and I'm not gonna spoil anything, but it's a, a bit of a slower movie. Um, and oh really? Uh, an A24 film is kind of slow, and like takes its time. What a surprise! With the exception, of course, of the Safdie Brothers films, but you know what I mean. <laughs> a lot of their movies take their time, is what I'm saying. Which is, I, I like slow movies, as long as the payoff is there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, she was very tired. It's a slow movie. That doesn't so help, she, yeah. So she, she did fall asleep, but I... Th- I, you're planning on seeing it, right? Like this was on mm-hmm. you to watch. Okay, then I'm not going to say anything. Just watch it, and then we can talk about it after. Okay. Because it does I something, will. and it's just like, anyway, whatever. Watch it. Yeah. I'll try. I'll, I'll try to see it for next week. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool if we could cover it, like like we did yeah. with Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's all I consume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm very excited. Yeah. Amazon Prime got the rights and put out the fourth uh rebuild of evangelion movie and i'm very I excited s- i saw the uh the the uh the thumbnail for that yeah but, I'm, but I, I'm very excited yeah I, i'm I, i'm not really familiar with evangelion though so um th- and that's the fourth that's a fourth movie yeah okay so so quick unpack packing of this just yeah, because yeah. it's something that excites me it was a show in the 90s mm-hmm. uh neon genesis evangelion really good it's like a it's a mecha anime, but it's also a deconstruction of the genre. Cool. And it's just it also is the creator at the time was dealing with depression and it was like his outlet for that. Mm-hmm. So like characters do like sad things and they're fucked up and like it's really cool. And then they ran out of like like they got their budget cut near the end. So like some of the episodes have like these weird avant-garde moments in them because they couldn't afford to animate them regularly. Oh no. <laughs> and then they got a budget to make The End of Evangelion, which was supposed to be a film to replace the last two episodes. Okay. But it doesn't it incorporates them in a way that you still have to watch these weird low budget episodes, but it expands on it and it adds more sad stuff to it. It's great. It's oh, great. Man. Neon Genesis Evangelion watch it so much fun and then they made the rebuild movies which were supposed to be four movies that retold the events the events of the series mm-hmm. in a more concise way minor spoilers not going to get into the details but it's supposed to be these four movies retelling the series okay at the end of the second movie they change directions and it becomes an alternate timeline so yeah so now these four movies that were supposed to be like oh you can watch these instead of watching the series are now a companion piece and you still have to see both but that's really smart yeah and i'm excited because also there are things in it where like there's some imagery in the first film and in the last episodes of evangelion that if you 
sort of look at them and sort of how they happen, it kind of implies that the movies take place after the series and it sort of reboots itself. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. And I doubt the fourth movie will answer these questions in any satisfying way, but I'm just excited to see what happens. It's out? Or it's yeah, yeah. Out. It came okay. out it came out on Friday. Okay. They also, in conjunction with putting it out, released the first three on Prime as well. So you can watch so I'm gonna watch them all. I'm gonna watch the ones I've seen and I'm gonna watch the next one. It's gonna be great. Nice. I'm just gonna have some fun weeb time. Yo, no, but look, anime's fucking great. Like, like, uh, okay, I, I'm not like a big fan of like Naruto or anything, but I love like, I don't know. There's a lot of anime that I love. How you're still dancing? <laughs> <laughs> anime's fucking great. I love. I'm a big fan of the Castlevania series on uh, yeah, no, Netflix. The Akira, one of the greatest films ever made. I'm a stupidly huge fan of that ghost in the shell and and you know what other movie i'm a big fan of what movie are you a big fan of the one that i'm making you watch for next week oh how did i know this was coming Woo! what are we watching you're watching and i hope you haven't seen it already paprika i have not seen it because uh recently we were talking about it and i was like get me to watch it for the show or you were like don't watch it i'll make you watch it for the show or something like that yeah but i am gonna watch it you for have the to. show oh dude <sighs> okay because i want you to watch it because i despite like i also want us to have the discussion if you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah i'm dancing again everyone anthony joined in this time yeah you can notice by the squeaking of my chair. <laughs> I hate I'm just I'm just gonna address this on the podcast. I hate your fucking chair. Yeah, I know so much. And I've said it to you before, but I'm saying it on the podcast. I hate it. Half of what I do in editing is trying to cut that out, and then halfway through editing an episode, I just give up. Cause especially when it creaks while you talk, I'm like, well, I gotta leave that in. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. It's, if for anyone who doesn't know, I, I, if I'm if I'm correct, uh, Norton stands when he records. Most of the time, yeah. Most of the time, yeah, yeah. So there's no there's no creaking on his side. But also, my chair doesn't creak like yours does. It doesn't. You need you need a second chair just for podcasting. Yeah, or just a shit ton of eight like WD forty. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta bring in like your kitchen chair and sit on that in silence. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> All right. Before we wrap up, I yeah. do have something for you that I yes, as mentioned, mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. Listeners, for those of you who may not know, I like to sometimes read uh terrible or uh low-rated reviews Son of, a bitch. of movies Anthony loves and make him guess what movie he loves got a poor review. Okay. And usually I make him do like four or five of these. I've only got one for you this time. I and it's not a terrible review either. My heart can only take one. What's up? <laughs> okay. So you have to guess this film. Are you going to give me the year? No, because when I give you the year, you cheat and look them up. Ah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> this could be anything though. Okay. Okay, go, go. Yeah. Okay. 
solid start. Confusingly on the nose conclusion left me asking, the hell was the point of any of that? Jesus Christ. Uh, is it a recent movie? Yes. 2017. I'll give you the year, but if I notice you typing... Yeah, hands up. Hands up until you, until you guess. Okay. 2017. my number one of 2017 i believe that was it um wasn't super dark times uh 2017 was it you tell me i I don't i don't remember when movies come out all the time okay wait wait is that your guess uh no my guess is i think killing of a sacred deer also came out 2017 so that's my guess the film was Super Dark Times. Are you kidding? <laughs> you skirted around it. <sighs> I didn't want to give you that year. I didn't want to be like, yeah, that's when it came out, because then you would have known. Yeah. If I just knew off the top of my head. So yeah, that was uh that was that review. Yeah. How does and that for make anyone you feel? who wants to know, it makes me feel like like shit because <laughs> now when i when i revisit that top 10 list i would easily have put super dark times as my number one mm. it's a great fucking movie i'm i'm glad uh, oftentimes when i read you these uh reviews for movies that you love that are poor you you get like really like insulting when you'll be like oh that person's super that person doesn't know shit blah 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 and i'm glad you did not do it for this movie because that review was by our friend Maddie of the GSC. Gentlemen's Sports Corner, new episodes Are you every Friday. Yeah, that was Matt. What That's Matt's letterbox review for that film that he watched a couple weeks ago. What the fuck, Matt? He <laughs> <laughs> uh. didn't like it, and I was listening to their podcast from. Not this one that just came out on Friday, new episodes every Friday, but the one they put out last Friday, new episodes every Friday. And they mentioned that. And I was just like, oh, I've got a. Did he put a review on Letterboxd? Because he often does. I got to check to see if he, he put one up so I can fuck with Anthony. <laughs> oh my God. Matt, stop doing drugs, would you? <laughs> uh, disclaimer uh, our friend uh, Maddie of the GSC, new episodes every Friday. Does not do drugs. Matt, start doing drugs, would you? Matt, don't do drugs. Every, every, everyone's doing drugs these days, and then they make me feel bad for not doing drugs, and I don't want to do drugs. Don't make me do drugs. Do drugs. Well, what do you expect? Everything's shitty, you know, COVID. Yeah, and stuff. I'm just going to deal with the shittiness of the world the way I always it. have, by feeling sad. I'm just going to sit in my corner and cry like a fucking man i don't need drugs <laughs> i'm just gonna be a sad boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> anyways that's all for us this week if you like the episode maybe subscribe on your favorite podcasting whatevers 
maybe give us a good rating if it allows that so that way more people can find it share us if you don't think that ratings will get us to more friends bring people in yes. we're lonely yes. sharing is caring things you can share are our twitter at pop culture to do i don't run it very well but it's still there you can also send us an email, popculturedo at gmail.com. If you send us an email, I will read it on the air, no matter what you write, as long as it isn't offensive. I will not say a slur on our podcast. Don't try to make me say it, but I will read anything that isn't a trap. He's basically Ron, Ron Burgundy, who reads anything on the teleprompter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if you think I'm funny... Uh, maybe follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, the Greg Norton. Check out my YouTube channel, the Greg Norton. Got a video about X Men coming out this week. If I finish Woo-hoo. editing it on time, and you can get at Anthony. <laughs> Go check out his stuff. How dare you interrupt me? <laughs> right as I'm about to plug you and your excellent Instagram uh, account, Anthony with Teeth, where you can see his graphic design art. And sometimes updates about his uh, forthcoming graphic novel. And oftentimes uh, cute stories about him and his fiance going on cute dates. They're very adorable. You should check it out. We'll be here next week, listeners. And until then, have a good one. Keep it squeezy.